1 Corinthians 3, chapter 6 through 7. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So let's read that again. All right, let's go over it again. Verse 6, it says, I've planted and someone named Apollos, if you're familiar with him, to me he's like the lost the lost uh, disciple. You hear so little about Apollos, but well, of all the things he did, here's the thing that I know it most for. He, he watered. Apollos watered. But who gave the increase? God gave the increase. I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. And then it says, so it doesn't really matter who planted or who watered, but you need to know this. I'm paraphrasing, of course, that the increase comes from God. If there's increase in your walk, if there's increase in your life, that does not come from me and it does not come from Apollos. It comes from God. The planting is necessary. The watering is necessary. But the increase, you can think none other than God Almighty himself. Hi, I'm Randall Sims, and this is my podcast. Jesus, the Christ, at the cross of Calvary, purchased eternal life for you and for me. Life more abundant. That life has already begun, so why wait until the afterlife to live that life to the fullest? Welcome to the most impatient Christian podcast in the entire world. This is Christ Life Now. Joseph was the favorite of his father, and Joseph was appointed by God. He was empowered by God. He had a power upon him and a gifting upon him. He was anointed of God. Joseph not only made his brothers jealous and uncomfortable, and feel awkward around him because it was obvious that, I mean, none of them got coats of many colors. None of them were the favorite of their father. But Joseph also, being the youngest, he still went and he would tell his brothers and his mother and his father, for that matter, about the dreams that God had given him. And it was representative, of course, of his mother and his father and his brothers all bowing down to him, Joseph. Can you imagine your little brother or your little sister coming and telling you that God had told him in a dream that one day you and the parents alike were all going to bow down to him. There might be some jealousy issues. There might be some, who do you think you are? You're already the favorite of the father. You've already got the pretty coat that none of us have. Father already gives you more authority than he should for your age. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to throw you in a pit. One of the brothers had an idea. Well, instead of killing him, let's sell him into slavery. And let's take his coat, put some animal blood on it, and say, Dad... I guess Joseph isn't with us anymore. An animal killed him. So they sold him into slavery in Egypt. Again, the abridged version. You can read it all for the details if you don't remember it. They sold him into slavery. He went to Egypt. He went into the house of a, of a wealthy man in authority named Potiphar. And he became just a very powerful person, especially for a slave in the land of Egypt in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's lovely wife decided that she would beg him and try to persuade him to sleep with her. He refused. Ultimately, she grabbed his coat and screamed, and Joseph fled, and she accused him of molesting her. 
Potiphar was angry. He threw Joseph into prison. Joseph continued to use his, his dreams during his time in prison or his gift to interpret dreams during his time in prison. And that gained him favor with the king. Joseph was then delivered from prison. And once again, because of that gift, he became powerful, not this time in Potiphar's house, but in the king's house. And if you've heard me talk about Joseph before, I always called the guy the king, but he was, he was Pharaoh, but kind of the same, same difference. But he came, became a powerful man, a powerful ruler in Pharaoh's house. He was essentially running the land of Egypt. Again, through a, the interpretation of Pharaoh's dream, God told him, Joseph that there were going to be seven years of big harvest, seven years of plentiness, and then there would be seven years of famine. So Joseph knew, and the king therefore knew, to save up. So during this time, people were coming not only from all over Egypt, but from outside the land of Egypt. And including when the famine reached, Joseph's brothers, they were facing starvation and they found out that in Egypt they had enough. So Israel sent his other sons to Egypt to buy food from none other than Joseph. Here Joseph was blessing them, giving them what they needed. And the funny thing about it is they didn't even recognize him. They didn't even know that it was their brother. He even played a trick on them where he made it seem like they were, they were stealing food and almost got them into trouble. And then, ultimately, he revealed himself to them. And in the end, the entire family moved to Egypt and that's how they became so big and so, so, um, so numerous. And then later on, we get the story of of the children of Israel being an entire nation. And don't we like to preach that or, or to hear that preach where we compare ourselves to Joseph, where we, we get some good, some good teaching out of that, some good metaphors. And we like to say, it's a good Easter sermon, even if you weren't expecting that for an Easter sermon. We, we get some good, some good metaphors out of that, like how God has given us gifts and anointings and talents and, and how God will see us even when we get thrown into a pit. In fact, I preached a sermon a few uh, year or two ago called Pits and Promises about Joseph getting thrown into the pit and then God delivered him from the pit and then he got thrown into the other pit of prison and God delivered him from the pit of prison as well. And then Joseph was reconciled with his family. See, that's a good sermon. And Joseph, oh, such a good guy, so, so faithful to God. Why didn't he sleep with Potiphar's wife? She was no doubt... A good-looking woman. I mean, if Potiphar chose her, and he could probably have anyone he wanted, right? Why didn't he sleep with her? Because he was honoring God. Joseph was a good guy. He was a righteous man. And we like to think, yeah, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. I'm like Joseph. I've been through pits, and I've been through trials and tribulations, and my family has practically just sold me into slavery. I mean, they just don't appreciate me at all. And they, they're jealous of me because of my anointings and my giftings, and... <laughs> and boy, these women are throwing themselves at me, but I say no all the time. See, we, we like to compare ourselves to Joseph and think that that's a good parallel. And it is. But let me tell you this morning, I, I thought about it. I think, and don't shoot the messenger, I think that more often than not, we're not so much like Joseph as we are like Joseph's brothers. So you didn't know it was going to get deep today, did you? We're more like 
I think we're more like Joseph's brothers most of the time. What Joseph's brothers may not have considered is what they were throwing away. In God's writing, in the Bible, and in the Hebrew language, names are extremely significant. Names were not chosen arbitrarily, flipping through a baby book or naming the baby after someone who, who you liked and maybe, maybe you knew them and maybe you didn't. But names had a meaning. The name Joseph in Hebrew means increase. So here were these brothers, and God had given them this avenue, this thing in their life, this person, this little brother who was there, and he was increase. He was addition. He was powerful. He was anointed. You didn't see them interpreting dreams. You didn't see the mom or dad interpreting dreams. That was all Joseph. But what happened? They became uncomfortable because of the truth that Joseph spoke. And do you know that when they came to be together in Egypt and they came to buy food from Joseph, that just, just as his dreams had foretold, they bowed down to him. He was ruler over them. He was in charge. These were dreams from God. But what did this thing, this avenue for, for blessing, this increase that God had placed in their lives, what did it do? It spoke truth. Let me tell you this morning that if you want to start making people uncomfortable, start telling the truth. Unashamedly, unabashedly, just start speaking truth to them. They will get ready very quickly to throw you into a pit. They will start looking for ways to distance themselves from you. Joseph, the increase, they did with him what we do with so many things that God has placed in our lives to bless us. They did with Joseph what we often do with the avenues for increase that God has placed in our lives. They threw it away. They threw it away. They wanted to kill it. And then instead they decided to put it on a shelf for a while and displace it. And then they came to a time of famine. We're going to go through dry seasons. We're going to go through difficult times in our lives. And sometimes it's because God has led us there. And sometimes it's because we have taken what God has placed in our lives to give us interpretation and to be an anointed source and to be something of power and something of blessing. And we've said, it makes me uncomfortable. And we've thrown it to the side. We've cast it away. We've sent it off to Egypt. But here's the good thing. The scripture tells us that all things, that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So whether the Holy Spirit has led you into this time of wilderness or you've thrown something away that's put you in a time of famine and wilderness, God is working it together for the good of you if you love him. So in the case where it's you throwing it away, are you throwing away your Joseph? Are you throwing away your blessing, your increase that has put you there? What do you need to do to get out of this wilderness? What do you need to do to get out of this time of starvation? Now, it's easy to say, I want to remain comfortable, please. 
I would like to remain home with my children and my brothers and my mom and my dad and just be comfortable. Starving, but comfortable. Whereas what you need to do is leave this place of famine and hunger and go to Egypt or wherever it is that your blessing, that your increase has been displaced to and go get it back. This morning, there are those of us who are in a place of dryness. We're in a place of, of, of bitterness. Some of us are in a place of, of, of hurt. And we have thrown away those things that God has placed in our lives in order to bless us. He has given us these anointed gifts, these, anointed, these, these talents and anointings and callings and sources of power to bless us. But they made us uncomfortable. Not because they should have. Not because they weren't from God, because they were. But because they maybe challenged us. Do you know one of the best ways that I have found to make people upset, and I, I alluded to this earlier, to make people upset or to get them to, to you know, leave the church is just to start being really liberal with the truth. I could probably, I could probably hurt people by telling lies, but I wouldn't dare. But just telling the truth, it makes people uncomfortable. Calling sin, sin. You know what cancel culture is, right? You'll get canceled really quickly in our world and even in a lot of churches just for, just for saying what the Bible says. It makes us, it is sad, but it's true. It makes people uncomfortable. So they will take this anointing, this word, this truth, this interpretation of a dream that God has placed in their life through whatever source God has used to get it to them, and they'll say, oh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to know about that. That makes me uncomfortable. I feel challenged. I'm getting rid of it. And then they stay there feeling comfortable, thinking they're comfortable. All the while, there's a rumbling starting in their belly because they are starving for the truth. They're starving for the anointing and the word that God has truly called them to have. They're not understanding why they're not being blessed and prospered, why they're not increasing. And what they need to do is learn to listen to the Father when he says, go to Egypt. Go to the place where you're not going to be as comfortable as you are now. Go and get what you've thrown away. Now, again, the funny thing was that in the case of Joseph and his brothers and, and Jacob, they didn't know and they didn't even recognize Joseph. They didn't recognize their blessing and their increase when they saw it because it had been so long since they had seen it. But they kept pressing in. They didn't just get a little bit uncomfortable when they, when they went to Egypt and when he played that trick on them and tried to frame them. He, he would, I think he was just being mischievous, really. He tried to play a trick on them. He planted some extra goods in their, in their saddlebags and then he let the, the guards find it and he made people think that they had taken it. Ultimately, it was, it was all right. It turned out well. He was just being a bratty little brother. But he was a bratty little brother who was anointed. He was their source of increase. Had it not been for him, they would have probably starved. In fact, much of Egypt might have starved. Your increase, that thing God has placed in your life, isn't only there to bless you. You see, he blessed two nations. What was to be the nation of Israel and Egypt. 
So don't underestimate your contribution to the greater good when you choose to leave your comfort zone and go and get back what God originally planned for you to have. And here's an even greater plan. Learn to recognize those things, those items, those institutions, and those people that God has placed as Joseph's in your life so that you don't get offended when they start speaking truth to you. So that you don't feel uncomfortable when they might seem to have more authority than you're comfortable with them having. When they're dressed in favor from the Father, and it makes you uncomfortable because maybe you're feeling that that blessing should have been otherwise placed. Know that just because they're dressed in authority from the Father, in the coat of many beautiful colors, and you feel like that coat should be on you, understand that God has placed that in your life. Even though it might not be exactly where you want it to be, that coat, it, they are in your life. They are your blessing. So I want you to think this morning, think about the things that you have thrown away, the things that God gave you in your life that you have pushed to the side because they made you uncomfortable, or you have stopped listening to because there was jealousy involved. What are those things, those institutions? We, we did this last year, I have to say. We did last year. God ordained, Jesus told us, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. God gave us the church. And last year we went six eight, or eight months probably without having regular services. And it hurt, y'all. It hurt. We did it online, but I missed my church experience. I missed my church family. That's something that God gave me in my life, and I believe gave all of us in our lives as a blessing to, to increase us, to increase the anointing in our lives. And thank God we've been to Egypt and we have taken it back. Amen. We have, we have moved on past 2020. We're in 2021. And we saw clearly last year and then this year God's calling us to maturity, right? So three times seven is 21. Seven is the number of maturity and perfection. This year God is calling us to maturity, leaving the wilderness. Amen. Amen. So those things, that, those things that God has given you, don't push them aside. When something starts to make you feel challenged, that's a good sign that it's from God. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to discern, to make sure. But, but when something starts to make you feel challenged, like maybe you're not doing what you should be doing, pay close attention. Don't push it aside. Don't change that channel. Listen and see what it's about. When something starts to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit challenged, or a lot challenged, don't send it to Egypt. Don't rip off, don't rip off its outer coating, pick it apart, then go to the Father and say, God, I would like to do what you called me to do, but look, an animal has intervened. That gift that you gave me, I cannot use it. It appears that it has perished. Now you know it didn't perish. You know, you've just put it on the shelf. You send it over to Egypt in slavery. It's somewhere at Potiphar's house. Go knocking on Potiphar's door. Hey, I'm ready. I need my increase back. Can we do that today? Remember that today is about what his people threw away. You know, Jesus' people. He made them uncomfortable. I mean, he said that he was, he was God. He made them feel challenged. He made them angry. 
So they got rid of him. They put him up on a shelf, well, the cross. And then they put him in the pit. But oh, the blood. Oh, the blood that the Father saw that let him know, my son. It was no longer the blood of animals that was used to atone. Or like in Joseph, Joseph's case, the blood of, a, of some random animal that they, put on the, that they put on the coat. This was the blood of the one true, perfect, worthy sacrifice. And it's because of him, because of that which was thrown away by his own people, that we can be saved. His people largely have yet to go, if you'll excuse me for milking the metaphor, back to Egypt to reclaim what they threw away. Some of them have, but we're living in the church era right now. And thank God what he intended as a blessing didn't stop right there with them. And it's blessed all of us, all who receive. Amen. It has blessed all who Thank you so much for listening to this message today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope that it's given you some motivation. Hey, go ahead and share it with a friend. For that matter, share it with an enemy. Just get the word out there. We want to reach as many people as possible. Also, thank you for your financial support. If you are not already a financial supporter, please prayerfully consider becoming one. Our Cash App, PayPal, and mailing address are located in the description below. Until next time, have an awesome day and live your Christ life now. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.